people think I'm damaged goods. I'm worried about losing my job. Will I ever get a transplant? I want to see my children graduate from college. How can I afford this? I don't want to be a burden. I'm afraid. I'm overwhelmed with information. Sometimes I wonder if I'll ever fall in love and get married. I just want to play with my friends. You're listening to Kidney Talk, streaming health, happiness, and hope to the renal community with your hosts, Lori Hartwell and Stephen First. Well, Stephen, we're here at another episode of Kidney Talk, and Dr. Amit Sharma is with us today. He's a nephrologist, um, and he practices in Boise, Idaho, and he's a director of clinical research. So uh, welcome to the show, Dr. Sharma. Thanks, Lori. I appreciate it. Oh, you're a director of, of clinical research, so you must be very smart. No, not really. Just uh, a lot of letters behind the last name. Did you get your degree, like, from an internet course, or, or <laughs> did you actually go to medical school? At times, uh, I felt like I was doing virtual uh, because I was with the uh, Navy. I did the Navy scholarship. Oh, oh, did you ever spend time in uh, Norfolk, Virginia? Mostly in Bethesda, and I did two years with the Marines up in 29 Palms. One of the things that a lot of patients don't get information on is about a topic of inflammation and chronic kidney disease. Can you explain a little bit about what that is? Uh, you know, I uh, have had the opportunity both being um, taking care of a lot of acute dialysis patients and uh, when I was in San Diego in the Navy, and now I've moved over to private practice, and I've seen the gamut of very young people and very old people, but there's one thing that they have in common, and that is blood that's on hemodialysis leaves the body and goes through an artificial filter or membrane. That blood is cleaned, and it's returned back to the body. That is an artificial procedure. It's not natural because there's a membrane involved, and usually that process, that membrane where that blood is filtered, causes inflammation. I, when I talk to my patients, I say there's a fire, and that fire is part and parcel of the dialysis process because there is an inflammation. In some patients, it's a smoldering fire, and, and in other patients, it's, you know, like an inferno, which means that uh, some patients, once they start dialysis, they have accelerated atherosclerosis, and that leads to a heart attack. And we think, most of us as nephrologists, because of this concept of inflammation, that leads to higher burden of cardiovascular disease. Well, what kind of symptoms do you have um, when you have inflammation? I mean, I mean, when I think of inflammation, I think of my skin being all red or something, you know, something's inflamed, but it's not really an external flame, it's an internal flame? That's right. I mean, we're talking about actually what's going on inside the, the heart mostly, but if you just take one step back and say, you know, this is poor nutritional status, heart disease, and I think in general the vague symptoms are just a poorer quality of life. Those are typically the symptoms that we see. It's not it's not as much overt as it is internal. And they, how do but you measure it? there are some it? lab tests that we can use to, to be able to determine what's going on inside the body. How do you know if you're inflamed? <laughs> Well, I, you know, I, I generally, I think those patients, and that's why we're going to talk a little bit about vitamins, but the, 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 these patients have, um, you know, potentially failure to thrive. They appear a little bit more sick. Their nutritional status is low, and they have a higher incidence of heart disease. That's kind of how I know that the patient's not doing well by just taking a look at the patient as well as some key 
laboratory test. But so, is there any acute soreness anywhere, like like you would find no, in regular no, inflammation? Mo- most of this, just like kidney, you know, just like diabetes. Yeah, uh, you know, we have a lot of patients with diabetes being a silent type of killer. Uh, these types of symptoms are usually uh, kind of uh, nonspecific and silent. Um, some patients who have like rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, or like a bone infection, osteomyelitis, those patients are extraordinarily inflamed, and then you could see overt manifestations of inflammation, like joint pain, the rash that Lori mentioned. And what about gout? Is that caused by this inflammation you're talking about? Gout is an inflammatory arthritis, and certainly... You know, these patients, because their systems are not uh, on homeostasis or not even, you know, the the patients who have gout or any type of metabolic uh, uh, insult can have worsening inflammation because gout is an inflammatory arthropathy. And you test inflammation by um, a test called C-reactive protein? or is that that's one of the tests that we can use. Um, C-reactive protein is uh, probably the most widely held test. That's a... A generalized test of the level of inflammation the body has ongoing. Now, one of the things that um, I've been reading up on this subject and uh, vitamins can help with inflammation, having proper uh, nutritional status. Can you explain a little bit about, you know, what vitamins are important for patients to help treat inflammation? Sure. And, you know, as we said, you know, this chronic inflammation and dialysis patients can cause patients to become resistant. Or, you know, I, I kind of use the analogy that the train that could, you know, I think we've all taught our kids about that, that you got to, you know, keep going over the hill. And once you get over the hill, you'll be, you know, the, you, know you think you can, you think you can, you think you can. But when, when inflammation happens, that hill becomes, or that incline becomes much steeper. And the use of certain nutritional supplements, uh, like uh, the, the first question that was asked in terms of what's a good vitamin and what's a bad vitamin, have been able, these vitamins, some have been shown to help reduce inflammation in these patients, and these nutritional supplements may improve, you know, um, examples of uh, bone health, cardiovascular disease, and potentially anemia treatment. And and, and what are these vitamins, uh, you know, spill the beans? Nutritional supplements, usually a little bit of, you know, there, there's not as much data. I just recently just put out a paper this month on this, I, and I, I kind of called it the ABCs of vitamins. And, you know, when I, when I look at um, the vitamins that most people know about, they know about vitamin C and vitamin D, some of vitamin D, and uh, a little bit about uh, A, you know, vitamin A, uh, or another A that I use is like alpha-lipoic acid, which is a, a, a potent antioxidant. A lot of the newer vitamin agents are are using this type of anti-inflammatory agent because it works quite well with vitamins like vitamin E. And there's been some data to show that these um, this, this type, specifically alpha lipoic acid, can reduce um, proteinuria, which is protein in the urine. And a protein in the urine indicates there may be a fire in the coronary artery disease um, in the coronary artery. Uh, it may also help diabetic nephropathy. In terms of vitamin B, um, vitamin B, there's a lot of hot work in that. And again, in terms of inflammation, there's there's some emerging data that this helps people um, from a cardiovascular standpoint, so low dose of vitamin B. And uh, controversially, uh, vitamin C, you know, too much vitamin C in patients, as 
you asked before, Stephen, is that the vitamin C uh, can, you know, at times be at very high doses, uh, not the best for our patients. So, in, in historically, we've we've held vitamin C in our patients, but there's been some emerging data from Dr. Besserov's group in Detroit that an acceptable dose of vitamin C may actually help our patients uh, in terms of anemia responsiveness. Uh, so that's exciting. Uh, but probably the most studied vitamin or the or studied vitamins are vitamin D and vitamin E. hundred uh, percent of our patients when they start dialysis or right before they start dialysis, they have a vitamin D deficiency. We know that a nutritional component in vitamin D is very important. Uh, we really try to focus on this. And, you know, every month I pick up a journal, whether it's cardiovascular or kidney or general internal medicine, and they're People are doing work on vitamin D receptors because they're not just in the bones, they're not just in the brain, they're actually in the heart. And we're seeing that the heart kind of changes its structure because it's vitamin D deficient. And as I mentioned, 95% of our patients have some form of vitamin D deficient. Um, Vitamin E has um, been kind of, uh, for lack of a better term, the holy grail of how we think that inflammation sometimes acts in dialysis patients. It reduces this inflammation and it's um, reportedly um, uh, been able to show in some small studies a decrease in cardiovascular events. And so there have been studies where uh, the dialysis companies have coated dialyzers with vitamin E. And when we put all these together, A, B, C, D, and E, the idea is if you get a reasonable dose without going overboard, i.e. becoming toxic, then these patients with very small micronutrient therapy, I call it, may not be on fire. So you may be able to take a fairly sizable fire that's going in the body because of dialysis and making it a small brush fire or completely eliminating the fire altogether. And that's kind of our hope uh, when we look at, you know, cost-effective strategy um, to maybe make our patients a little healthier. Well, one of the things that I was always told growing up, you know, I have a transplant now, but was on dialysis for 12 years. And and I took, you, you can take different vitamins at different stages. So why is it so critical when you're on dialysis not to take like over-the-counter vitamins? Like just going to the store and getting one a day. Yeah, I, I think you can take over-the-counter vitamins. I, uh, you know, we're, where we have um, really uh, lacked the refinement is that there's nutrients in food and there's uh, enough supplements and over-the-counter in some you know, in some certain over-the-counter agents that they that they're they're sufficient enough to cause a beneficial effect. Where we've not been able to provide the data is that most of the the you know trademarked or or vitamins that have been extensively studied, like the activated vitamins, they have a patent and they're not generic, they're not over-the-counter, and they um, you know need a prescription. But that's mostly because that the, the, the funding to get the research was required to get the paper. You know, but the downside on over-the-counter medicines is we don't have as much of the body of literature uh, because they're, you know, for lack of a better word, a, a funding source to fund those trials because they are over-the-counter. Because, and basically to explain that is the, the different elements in over-the-counter, they don't know how it will react to somebody who's on dialysis. I think in general, when you look at uh, over-the-counters, they're, they're not as firmly regulated by the FDA as a prescription strength. So the, 
the processing, the ingredients, all those things are a little bit more variable. Now, shouldn't that, you, you know, before you... traditionally been the risk. Any patient, a kidney patient, shouldn't they also ask their nephrologist before they start taking any kind of supplement or anything like that? Yeah, because, you know, what happens in San you know, and I've had a couple of cases when I was in San Diego, we used to get patients, because we were the largest military hospital in the world, we used to get patients from all over, uh, including, like, the Far East, and we had bases in Japan, Korea, et cetera. You know, I saw a lot of, uh, you know, like Chinese tea or herbal nephropathy, uh, Balkan nephropathy, because, uh, you know, the supplements that people take in different geographies, can certainly cause uh, kidney failure. And I've had a few cases um, of those type of examples. Now, you um, are working with a company that makes a vitamin called Nephrion. Can you explain a little bit about, you know, what, what makes this vitamin stand out? And, you know, how much does it cost for patients if they want to look into it? Well, first of all, what is it? What is Nephrion? You know, um, you know, I, the, the the vitamins are actually called multi MV one, multivitamin one. The company is called Nephrion, and Nephrion. You know, we're called nephrologists. You ask a hundred people what a nephrologist is, they'll they'll say, <laughs> I don't know. I, I read so many examples. I mean, you two can probably throw me a couple of examples of what is a nephrologist. No one knows, but uh, the nephrologist is that uh, is a person who does kidney disease, as you know. The reason it's called nephros or nephrology is because the basic cell of the kidney is a nephron. That's where all the filtering gets done. So nephrion is um, kind of taking that nephro or nephro um, prefix and just putting a nephrion. You know, so it's a, it's saying that we're related. Every product is related to, in some form, the kidney. Um, the vitamin itself is uh, multi MV1, which is MV1. There's uh, hopefully a few more of these these coming out. But this one was uh, specifically designed to address this uh, issue in dialysis patients in terms of chronic inflammation. And uh, uh, when when we look at the ingredients, which are you know as I mentioned that alpha lipoic acid, the polycalciferol, which is vitamin D, um, the gamma tocalferol, which is vitamin E. It was designed by a you know a very good friend of mine who is actually PhD uh, chemist from Oxford, and with this mind that we really wanted to potentially lower the amount of inflammation the patient sees, uh, so they could actually get over that hill. You know, again, if you were that trained, if the patient runs at an inflammation level, let's call it ten, and you can reduce it to five, then that patient may be healthier. They may need less medicines like epigen. Uh, they may need less um, injectable uh, medicines, uh, like injectable vitamin D. And so that was uh, the real process. And so uh, there's a um, few of the, you know, the, um, I, I would say the, the brightest minds in nephrology in, in terms of anemia advising us on this product. Uh, you know, Anthony Bessarov did the majority of um, the work over the last 15 years. Uh, you know, Steve Fishbane is the Kate chair uh, for iron, and, um, uh, you know, Alan Nissenson, who's a you know, chief medical officer of DaVita. You know, those, uh, they've all uh, helped in uh, developing the, the right um, scientific background and the development of this product. So it's, a, it's, it's really quite exciting as, as dialysis is moving to a new frontier uh, beginning in 2011. 
Now, so how much does it cost if, if a patient wants to take this? I mean, that's always going to be one of the factors, roughly. Well, you know, I, I think in general, um, most patients spend uh, 20 to $30 a month on uh, over-the-counter different types of supplements. Uh, I, I believe, although uh, I would have to double-check this, but the, the pill would cost approximately a dollar a day. Oh, okay. so they, they don't, it's not available at Costco or anything, huh? Uh, I believe it's, uh, or it's directly through the website. And it's through, yeah, it's through. So, so how do patients learn about this? Well, I think that they, they can, uh, uh, the easiest way is really just go to the MV1 uh, website. And um, the providers, there's two portals for that. There's the patients and then there's also the providers like the dietitian and physician. And uh, we're we're hoping, and I, I hope I'm not uh, speaking out of line here, but we're hoping that uh, you know we really get some good traction as it relates to research and the NIH, and really have a buzz because the the, the vitamin, because oh, although uh, somewhere whether it's somewhere between fifty cents and a dollar a day, may make a big difference in terms of uh, you know epigen cost, may make a difference in terms of hospitalizations, may make a difference in terms of total cost for the patient. So I, I think that the idea is by using very small micronutrient therapy, the patient's cost to the system and the patient's, the, 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 the dialysis facility's costs are all less. Is this good for transplant uh, patients as well as dialysis or just dialysis? Uh, I, I think that in general, the transplant patients also have a little bit higher burden of inflammation, which is chronic kidney disease. You know, they, uh, they're chronic kidney disease. And so this vitamin just replaces those, uh, what I would call antioxidants. You know, it fights the, these antioxidants or these free radicals. You know, these kind of the concept is that the if the body's on fire or there's this inflammation going on, then a little bit of nutrient therapy counteracts that. So whether you're a transplant patient, whether you're a pre-dialysis patient, or you're a dialysis patient, um, you're going to need the minimum amount of nutrients uh, to uh, not be in a um, what I call catabolic or breakdown mode. And so transplant, pre-dialysis, and dialysis all would benefit. The the, the 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 key is is not to overdose on the, the total amount because you know uh, too little is a bad thing and too much is a bad thing. And so the way it's designed the drug, uh, the drug is designed to be at the right amount of formulation uh, to be able to be in a high inflammatory uh, media like uh, dialysis. Now and now so the over the counter one a day vitamins like uh, you know. If you're over 50, the mature vitamins or something, that's a lot different than what uh, this company makes, correct? Yeah, in general, you know, I think uh, when you just look at the coli calciferol, the, the coli in the MV1 is about 750 international units, uh, and it's two pills a day. So, um, you know, it, it winds up being about 1,500 uh, a day, and most of the supplements have between 500 to 1,000. So it's a little bit more than most of the over-the-counter patients in terms of the vitamin D. Well, in addition to taking, you know, when you're advising your patients about vitamins, um, can they get any of these vitamins? Just, you know, they need to eat a proper diet as well, correct? But is 
you really need supplements when you're on dialysis, correct? I kind of uh, equate it to this. is like, you know, pretend that you put two ankle bracelets on your ankle. Uh, pretend you, are, well, have uh, three bags of groceries in your arms and look up five stories and say that's where your apartment is. You know, <laughs> so the dialysis patient uh, is actually working uphill all the time. And they're just a little bit more uh, in terms of, uh, catabolic and, you know, this what I call a malnutrition inflammation and atherosclerosis. They're just red at a higher rate. And so they go through their nutrients at a little bit faster pace. Well, dialysis is like a workout. When you're on hemodialysis, it's like you've been uh, on a treadmill after you've been on for three hours. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. It's, it's, and every time you go on to dialysis, it's like uh, having a stress test. And so we 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 really looked at this and said, well, we know, uh, I can tell you, I mean, this is anecdotally, but uh, uh, there have been some papers from Vanderbilt University, et cetera, and they, they took medical students who weren't on dialysis, and then they took dialysis patients. And then what they found was they, they, they created these patients that even that weren't kidney failure, they, they ran them through uh, some uh, treatment, and they found that uh, these chemicals that we have in the body, uh, interleukin-1, interleukin-6, tuminacrose, they were all elevated, and they were all uh, elevated multiple folds. So we know that the combination of dialysis, elevating levels, and then we know that uh, um, uh, patients that were already sick because they had diabetes or lupus or something are extraordinarily sick. It's a, it's a very lethal combination because of the mean survival of all dialysis patients in the United States that don't receive a transplant, as you know, Lori, is, you know, you know, in all comers winds up being, you know, depending on who you quote, about 30 months. And that's, that's striking. Yeah, we need, uh, we need to do a lot better. So it's not healthy being a diabetic or dialysis or going to Vanderbilt. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they were studies done a, a few years ago. I don't think you would... I don't think the, the residents would do that these days. Thank you so much, Dr. Sharma, for um, educating us about this difficult topic because I don't think a lot of patients get exposure to inflammation, the topic of inflammation, but we are exposed to inflammation. So we need to learn about it. <laughs> well, you're welcome. It's, you know, out of sight, out of mind. But, you know, my, my take-home message is, in general, these vitamins, supplements, or whatever you do, whether it's just, you know, staying away from infections, controlling your sugars. The patients, if they do these things and they're engaged, they'll need less medications, they'll have less hospitalizations, and then we hope that the, that the combination will lead to improved uh, survival in all of our patients. And, and, and can you give us a website to learn more about these vitamins and how to obtain them? Sure, I, sure. The website, I, I believe, is MV as in Victor hyphen O-N-E. We can control our own destiny. We can take charge of our health and ask questions about our medical options. We can form partnerships with our health care team. We can take steps towards self-improvement. We can be sensitive to the impact of our disease on our family. We can sing, dance, laugh, and enjoy our lives. We can appreciate today and look forward to tomorrow. We can help and support our fellow patients. We can pursue our hopes and dreams. We can make a difference. 